Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. I'm going to start my show with a public service announcement, and we are on a delay, are we not? Because I may regret something that I say. <laughs> oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just keep my finger on the, we actually literally have a button in the studio. It has a question sign, number sign, at sign, exclamation mark, and that is the button you push to bleep, and uh, it is at the ready right now. People, if you know you've got to turn on the left lane, get in the freaking left lane. Don't sit your butt in the right lane on Peachtree Street thinking, oh, I'm just going to get up to the front of the lane, and then those kind souls who've been waiting 10 minutes when I forgot because I was busy texting and should have gotten in the left lane and didn't, they're going to let me in. No, they're not, and you're going to hold up everyone behind you. And it is happening. Okay, so, you know, Apple has updated their iPhones now. Kindly, they have updated iPhones so that you no longer text and drive. You hold up your phone and it says you can't see anything because you're driving. I have turned it on my phone. I have been using it for months since the uh, the developer beta came out, and it works. I don't look at my phone anymore. Oh, my God, the number of people who are looking at their phones and not paying attention. It is asinine. And the number of lights I missed today because the idiot in front of me was too busy staring at their phone instead of looking at the light. And you're blaring your horn, and they're like, oh, the person behind me must be one of those lost Floridians. No, it's somebody from Atlanta who wants you to put your phone down and actually drive up to the stoplight where you should be. And by the way, stop leaving five car links in between you and the person in front of you at the stoplight. Some of us actually have to make a turn, and we can't get up to the turn lane because you've got so much damn space between you and the person in front of you because you're driving like you're in the 40s when cars roll back downhill at the stoplight. They don't do that necessarily anymore. The sta- I mean, maybe that Christian numerologist idiot is right that the world is coming to an end next week because he discovered it in the Bible, even though the Bible says no one can know, not even the sun knows. But somehow this guy knows. And maybe he's right between the earthquake in Mexico and all the hurricanes and the idiot drivers in Atlanta who have suddenly completely forgotten how to drive. And it's not the Floridians doing it. And you know what? Most of them have DeKalb County stickers on their license plates, too, don't they? Yes, they do. It is a fact. I just, y'all, you got to put the phones down. I mean, get an iPhone and turn on the, the, the no notifications thing, and you will suddenly, re- my wife got her Harley Davidson. Don't, don't get me started on that. Nonetheless, she said that now she, she rides this motorcycle around, 
and the number of people she sees who are just staring at their phones as they drive down the road, uh, it's, it's, it's horrifying. I mean, people, I did not intend to start this show today ranting about traffic, but trying to get from seminary down to the office, and you know I got a blood clot, so you don't want to get me worked up. And here all these people are texting while they're driving down 75, weaving between lanes, and then they get off the interstate, and they don't realize until they get up front, oh, the signs have been telling me for 10 miles, there's my turn is coming up, and it's a left-hand turn. I think I'll wait until I get to the last 100 feet before I try to get over. That is my single greatest pet peeve in traffic, is the people who just don't pay attention. You know, I was getting off at... um. 17th Street uh, earlier today, coming north on seven, towards 17th Street, and some guy just suddenly decided, like, was past the point of being able to take the exit, and, oh, I need to take the exit, and literally swerved over in front of me. I had to hit my brakes. My tires smoked. I had to slam the brakes so hard to avoid hitting the guy who was busy having a conversation with his wife while holding his phone in his piece of crap little Toyota Corolla that had all the paint stripped off of it because he wasn't paying attention. There are people with kids in cars right now, and I'm trying not to use bad language, and they're trying to get home alive, and you people are making it very difficult, and you should be ashamed of yourselves. You really should. You know, it is against the law to text and drive, and Jesus says you got to follow the laws unless they conflict with God's law, and I'm pretty sure texting complies, not texting and driving complies with God's law, so you're sinning if you're texting and driving anyway. And it's always somebody in a BMW. I just have to say that. It really is. I just, I don't know why. And I've always wanted a BMW, but I think you become a bad driver when you get one. I I don't understand that. Okay, I'm moving on now. I am, I promise. I want you to know, well, first of all, this is proof that my lungs must still be working. But secondly, I, I, I have a clot in my lungs. And my wife has a cancer for which there is no cure other than she takes a medicine to keep it at bay. And it will eventually mutate around that medicine. Her cancer will, and hopefully they will have the next, and they apparently do now have the next medicine developed. Now, and I say all of that to let you know that based on the media's treatment of Jimmy Kimmel, I am an expert's expert on Obamacare because Jimmy Kimmel's son had, what was it, a heart situation, had, had surgery and Jimmy Kimmel now wants everyone to have Obamacare, which I guarantee you he does not have. And if he has it, he makes enough money to pay for the plan that you can't pay for. But he wants everyone to have Obamacare. And I got to tell you, my wife and I have very good, we are very blessed and fortunate to have really excellent health insurance through a private company, this one. And they help cover the costs of her medicine, which is $22,000 a month. And if we were on an Obamacare plan, she'd be going to the death panel probably because I really doubt the government's going to be paying for that. And by the way, that medicine can get developed in the United States because we don't have the Obamacare universal health care socialist nonsense that people like Jimmy Kimmel want. So all of the companies developing all of the amazing drugs are coming to places like here because if they go to the socialist third world hellholes called Europe that Jimmy Kimmel wants us to have, well, they can't get their prime medicines developed 
All the rich people are coming here for a reason. It's because we have access to the best health care. They don't. Yes, you know, everybody has access to health care in, in Scotland. Let's use, or let's use Canada, where you can die of a gallbladder infection because you don't have time to have the surgery because everything's so backed up. That's what they want. And listen, God bless Jimmy Kimmel and his son. He had a great doctor. He has a great job. He makes great money. He was able to get his son taken care of. But I've got a friend, Mary Catherine Ham, who's on CNN. She is the only person I know of who is a regular commentator on any network who has Obamacare. And the reason she has Obamacare is because two years ago yesterday, her husband was killed. And she had to find insurance for her family, and she had to get on Obamacare. And her insurance on Obamacare is vastly worse than what she had in, in private health care. And yet that's what all the, the left wants everybody to have Obamacare. Obamacare, for an overwhelming number of people, is a step down. And unfortunately, when you point that out, the left's binary decision-making answer process is, oh, you must want people to die. You must want people to not have health care. No. I want to create jobs so people can get jobs and pay for their own health care. And for those who truly can't get health care, we, the American people, because we are loving and believe all life is sacred, we help them get health care. But we don't make everybody get the same health care plan. And we understand that some people are going to have better plans than other people because life is not fair, nor is it the role of government to make life fair. But we should help where we can, as best we can. That doesn't mean destroying the best health care system in, a, in the world so that you can feel good. And just because your kid had a surgery doesn't make you an expert. I just looked at Twitter, and thank you all for the amens, but... There's an outrage on Twitter. My buddy Peter Foster has sent this to me on Twitter. Um, you know, so I, I've i been in discussions about doing a TV show, and it's probably not going to happen now. But in the run-up to it, you know, widescreen TVs make you even wider. And when you're already wide, you, you really, like, got to become anorexic or something. I have basically lived off of chicken and asparagus for a month and I've lost 10 pounds which is good except now I'm gonna have to buy all new clothes which is horrible it's expensive but one of the things that everybody keeps telling me not to eat is deli meat because of the amount of sodium and water retention and whatnot except bacon eat bacon because God would eat bacon and bacon is like good stuff so don't give up bacon give up all the other deli meats but all the stuff in bacon is just to make bacon good. And so you can eat bacon. I eat bacon. I mean, I make myself scram. I had scram. I went to the White House breakfast place on Peachtree today. Been there since the 40s. I never knew. It was fantastic. Fantastic bacon. Um, and in any event, so he sends me the screenshot that there's some product out there. Bacon-style veggie protein strips. Light Life Smart Bacon. It is vegan. Okay, 
first of all, it is not smart if it is vegan bacon. And it is not smart bacon because it is from a brainless plant, not an animal that is actually a highly intelligent animal, a pig. There is nothing of value in this. This whole vegan, and listen, we're not going to take phone calls on veganism. I'm sorry, Jesus ate meat, you can too, unless you got some serious problem. But the whole idea of vegan bacon, what is the point of living? Honestly, we could start giving this to people on death row and we would save all the money in the world on the chemicals used to actually execute them because they would take their own lives. I mean, vegan bacon, people, this is disgusting. Forty after the hour, you know, I had a listener um, tweet me that he, twice he has um, been hit in his car by distracted drivers. I've uh, been in wrecks twice uh, with people texting on their phone, and this the recovery and rehab and whatnot have made it difficult for him carrying his kid. Can't play golf, on y'all. I just, it really is, and I admit it, um, that I have done it before, and that's why I'm I'm suddenly so much more aware of it, having not done it for so long now with this new Apple um, iOS 11 notification system where it just turns your notifications off. Uh, you don't even know that you're getting it. Uh, you don't know that you're getting text messages and whatnot, unless you're plugged into their CarPlay system. Uh, then you can get them and use Siri, uh, but... Wow, I just, uh, it's, uh, it, it really is just, it was amazing today driving from Reform Theological up in Marietta down here, just the number of people who, they don't even bother to get over into the turn lane, make things worse. Um, I, enough of that. I want to talk about Tom Price, Secretary of Health and Human Services, a former 6th District Congressman in Georgia. Uh, he is being attacked by the press for the high number of private flights he has taken. He's taken five private jets in the past week. You know the Chick-fil-A up on Windy Hill? Um, right right by RTS. I, I sometimes go in there and, and grab something before I head over to class. Uh, I have actually stopped there one time. I was going up to a, a fundraiser in Woodstock one time for Wes Cantrell. Um, just randomly thinking about this, uh, we were just trading a text message. But So I went in there. I was doing a fundraiser for Wes up in Woodstock. Had to stop in there. He just ran to the restroom and literally had an old man follow me, and I mean old man, follow me into the bathroom and yell at me while I was peeing. Yes. Uh, the pig farmer told me I should have just turned around and confronted him in the process. Uh, probably should have, but that would have just caused someone from Chick-fil-A to have to clean up. But look at what the look at look at the left and the whole resistance thing. The violence on campus. They've showed up. I mean, remember when they showed up at Carl Rove's house back in the Bush era? The harassment that people are getting? I, I don't think this is a story. If I was a Trump cabinet secretary, there's no way in, in heck I would go through a commercial airport right now because uh, lefties think there is more morality in confronting you. 
The left thinks it is a moral obligation to yell at you if they disagree with you when they recognize you and, and give you a piece of their mind. There is no way. Uh, I, I do not fault a single cabinet secretary for flying private. I really don't. Uh, this is such a non-story. You know, it's just... The, the left really... So the left has basically decided that violence is more. We were having this discussion in seminary today about how liberal theology essentially has moved to a works-based religion. You lead a life like Jesus, you get to heaven. That is essentially liberal Christian theology. It's heresy, actually, um, but that is liberal Christian theology. If you just live a good life, you'll get to heaven just like Jesus. Be just like Jesus. Well, you should be just like Jesus, but you got to actually believe in the guy. Um, but the left has decided over time, the problem with this philosophy is that the standard of what is good evolves. And it has become good to be violent. Look at the people cheering the young man who punched the Nazi the other day. It is good that we punch Nazis. Because what he said angers us, we should punch him. Because his views are bad, we should be violent to him. Now imagine you are a Trump cabinet secretary and you have people like that, the Antifa movement, so some angry feminist, some, some angry lesbian activist in comfortable shoes in the airport who, who believes that, that you are being a bad person because you don't accept transgenderism or gay marriage and, and they're angry and they're going to confront you and you're going to have to put up with this. And you, all you want to do is go to where you're doing your job on behalf of the government of the United States. I don't blame them at all. And of course the Obama administration, well, the Obama cabinet secretaries didn't do this. Well, of course not. Because Obama cabinet secretaries, lest you, in case you forgot, their poop didn't stink. It actually was gold-plated. They didn't have to worry about this stuff because they were heroes, lauded everywhere. I mean, they, they had the left would put palm branches in front of them like the second coming of Jesus. It's just absolutely ridiculous, this story. I, Tom Price... You keep flying private. If I were you, I would not want to deal with these resistance people myself. I wish I could fly private. Y'all should chip in and get me a NetJet subscription. Oh, here is a story happening right now. Samantha Powers, the former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, was unmasking American citizens at such a rapid pace in the final months of the Obama administration that she averaged more than one request for every working day in 2016 and even sought information in the days leading up to President Trump's inauguration. Multiple sources close to the matter told Fox News. Now, what is the unmasking? That, that is when American intelligence intercepts communications. American citizens are, they're, they're, they're masked. You don't know who the American citizen is in the conversation with the bad guy or the purported bad guy. You have to request that national security unmask the individual, and you're supposed to have cause to do so. And uh, Samantha Powers, uh, according to this Fox News report, averaged one a day for 2016 and was doing it right up until Donald Trump 
was sworn in. Of course, the Democrats will say, well, it was about the Russians and she's a patriot for trying to figure it out and stop it. No, no, this was sounds more like a, a, abusing her position. She's the U.N. ambassador. U.N. ambassador unmasking American citizens uh, in the final months of the Obama. It just a curiosity killed the cat. Satisfaction got it back. That's what this sounds like. When we come back, is the Electoral College a national security disaster waiting to happen? Oh, this is the left's new argument against, well, the founding fathers and our constitutional system. It is 6.09. I'm Eric Erickson. This is WSB. As a reminder, you can text the word SHOW to 444-999 and get links to the podcast, either Google Play or iTunes, as well as sign up for the daily email. That's SHOW to 444-999. And you can call here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. So I mentioned the first hour I'd upgraded to iOS 11. I've actually got a developer account, been running the betas for a while. One of the cool things, let me just, you're going to hear the sound here for, for one second. Here, let me explain to you what you're hearing. That is, so one of the, the crazy things about the watch is... It now has a heart rate monitor. If your resting heart rate spikes above 120 beats a minute, or you can set it uh, for more than 10 minutes, you it'll alarm, cause an alarm, and you can call 911. It, Apple did some study. I think it was John Hopkins that if that happens, you're probably having heart attack. Yeah, I'm just I'm fascinated by the whole thing. Um, it has not happened to me. Thankfully, my heart is good. It's the lungs that are the problem now. I will move on because they're looking at me like you're like Bortz talking about us playing. Nobody wants to listen. You you should all be Apple people. The people in the control room are staring at me like that because they are all anti-Apple cultists. That is the problem. Now we will move on. <laughs> it annoys them so much. That's why I do it. The president's popularity is rebounding. And the media is very loath to tell you about it. Now, his popular, he's still in a deficit, don't get me wrong, but he's rebounding with his base, and that's the point. Remember, the president lost the popular vote. He could lose the popular vote and still be president. You can in this country. And the president's popularity is rebounding with his base. And as a result of rebounding with his base, and here's the other thing, it's not just rebounding with his base, there are others who are okay with a lot of the things the president has done of late, including the United Nations speech yesterday, uh, more broadly well-received than some people might want. In fact, the, the left is livid about it. They are so butthurt over the whole North Korea comments, rocket man and, and suicide mission. I mean, Nikki Haley pointed out that she had several world leaders yesterday in interviews with her about the North Korea situation begun referring to Kim Jong-un as Rocket Man instead of by his name, mocking him. 
Um, I, I think that's a good thing, and I think it works. I, I am not in the least bit. You know, I've got some friends of mine who actually are far more supportive of the president than I am, and they really didn't like his speech. And I, I, I can't really understand. Part of it is I think they expected him to be less interventionist sounding. Um, I like to speech. I think it's the best speech he's given. And I think is the the most grown up, mature American foreign policy we've had since Reagan. And I don't use the Reagan comparison lightly. It's just that was a time when we realized there were bad people in the world, and uh, rather those bad guys uh, be on our side than on the other side. Uh, that's that's a grown up, mature recognition of of the nature of the world. Um, but these days we're supposed to have utopian foreign policies. Just got an email. You know, so I use AT and T for cell phone. I like AT&T, and I realize Verizon's both days. I've, I've, I've went to Verizon for a while, switched back to at I like AT&T. Um, we have DirecTV. It, it, I, I, like, I like AT&T. But when I get these emails from them that, that they suggest there might be a better plan for, for me, for, for my family, for a cell phone, am I wrong to think that they've run the numbers and they think that they can make more money off of me, that they're not actually sending me an email out of the goodness of their heart to tell me I can save money with them, that they really think they've identified a sucker and that somehow they're going to make more money off of me. I'm, I'm fairly, fairly sure that's what's happening here. Okay. So did you know that the electoral college is a national security threat? The founding fathers never anticipated the rise of Facebook and fake news. Dun, dun, dun. Y'all, I, I, here's your basic argument from these people is that you can go out there and uh, target certain states, a handful of states, and you can w- cause the Electoral College to swing towards your guy and win through corrupt processes, through, through fake news. You can, you can target certain states. Y'all, this is, this is a garbage argument. And it is a garbage argument made by sore losers uh, who voted for Hillary Clinton, who want the popular vote, who want mob rule in this country. And that's what the popular vote is. The popular vote is mob rule. Where And, and you know, there has been a proposal floating around. You know, it is so funny how elections work. Donald Trump won the election with the Electoral College, although losing the popular vote. There are a significant number of Republicans in our state legislature in Georgia who supported the national popular vote reform until that happened and now suddenly don't want to talk about it anymore. But give it a few more years where these careerists stay in the legislature and they'll be talking about it again and and pretending that that, uh, this, this never happened. National popular vote would make it so much easier. A national popular vote is a national security risk. You know why? Because all you got to target is New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles every single time. The swing states in this country change. You can't build up a huge strategy to try to target uh, three or four states to steal the Electoral College because there are 50 of them. And you don't necessarily know up until the last few weeks of the campaign which ones are going to be most likely to, to be persuadable. But with the if you did the national popular vote, all you got to do is commit massive voter fraud in Chicago, New York, and Los Angeles. And they say, well, it would be really easy to find then if you did not if you did whole scale voter fraud. 
like that. No, it wouldn't. But in particularly in places that are opposed to having uh, a photo ID. You know, it wouldn't be easy to find the voter fraud. I mean, you people don't think voter fraud happens already if you're a Democrat. You, you don't believe voter fraud is a problem already. And yet you think that somehow some country is going to be able to buy Facebook ads to be able to accurately target months in advance which states in the Electoral College will be the key swing states to deliver the presidency. It is a garbage argument. But it is an argument that makes the left feel good because it continues to perpetuate in their mind the idea that Donald Trump stole the election with the help of Russia. Several weeks before the election, Donald Trump suggested that the election results might not be legitimate if Hillary Clinton won. And the left was apoplectic and the media was horrified and everyone denounced Donald Trump for undermining our republic. And now that the election is over, if you don't suggest that Russia stole the election, you are undermining our republic. It is a garbage argument by mental midgets who have no other excuse for why Hillary Clinton lost other than they backed the wrong horse, the one who should have been put out to the pasture a long time ago, and they can't accept the fact that they rallied around Yes We Cankle because they wanted a woman president without any regard to what this woman stood for or the fact that she was a terrible, no good, lazy, rotten, terrible candidate who hired a campaign manager who was too focused on skinny jeans wearing hipsters in Brooklyn and rejected the advice of probably the most successful politician in American history, the husband of the Democratic candidate who encouraged them to go to places like Wisconsin where they refused because there weren't enough hipster flannel wearing, skinny jeans wearing people there to matter. They lost because they lost, not because anyone stole the election. And all this revisionism and whining about the Electoral College is just a way to keep their grievances alive so that they don't have to deal with the fact that Hillary Clinton really was the terrible, awful candidate. Donald Trump actually told us all she was. It is 26 after the hour. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. And you can text SHOW, S-H-O-W, to 444-999. And that's where the magic really happens. It's magic. <laughs> the look on your face. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, Manafort, Paul, we have to talk about him. Because I, a buddy of mine actually just shot me a note a few minutes ago uh, in the last segment. Had lunch today with some folks who work at the White House who basically the long knives are out, but they're going in both directions. There's a lot of now mutual enmity between White House staff and Paul Manafort. And it may be White House people who are leaking what's going on. Um, here's one of the things. Manafort, according to a leak emailed uh, someone who works with him essentially after becoming the president's campaign manager, wondering how they could cash in to get debts paid. Um, that's a, where's the, yeah, let, here's, here's the, this is the Washington Post story. In one April exchange, days after Trump named Manafort as a campaign strategist, Manafort referred to his positive press and growing reputation and asked, how do we use to get whole? 
Manafort spokesman Jason Maloney said Wednesday that the email exchanges reflected an innocuous effort to collect past debts. So, basically, you get appointed to campaign chairman of the campaign of a presidential candidate in the United States and then want to figure out how you can leverage that to get money from Russians. Less than two weeks before Donald Trump accepted the Republican presidential nomination, his campaign chairman offered to provide briefings on the race to a Russian billionaire connected closely aligned with the Kremlin, according to people familiar with the discussions. This is not good for Paul Manafort. It looks bad. Is it criminal? Uh, questionable. Was it bad? Uh-huh. Yes, it is. Not good. Can I, I want to go back. Can I, I don't have to ask you people for permission. This is the Eric Erickson show, not the Eric Erickson's listener show. (laughs) I'm sorry. It really has been one of those days. And I, I, I wanted to go to class today. I couldn't go last week because of the, the embolism. And I wound up sitting in a Bank of America for at least 35 minutes waiting for someone who could help me wire funds for a, a closing tomorrow. We're finally selling our old house that has sat vacant for years. It's taken us forever to do work on it, to get it to selling shape. We And I found out this afternoon as I was at lunch that the closing will be at 1 o'clock tomorrow and I needed to wire funds. And it took for I mean, trying to use banks these days, actually going to a branch is, is ridiculous. And I use Bank of America. My wife has had the account forever. And I, in any event, it's just been one of those days. I want to go back to the Tom Price story uh, where people are outraged that he has flown five times uh, this past week by private jet. Do we all forget, have you forgotten that a left-wing activist attempted a mass assassination attempt of Republican members of Congress for daring to try to repeal Obamacare? And you're outraged that the Health and Human Services Secretary who would oversee an Obamacare repeal and deregulation is flying private? This story really makes me mad on Tom Price's behalf, if only because I've known him for a long time and the man is so tight, he could poop a dirty penny and it would come out clean. I mean, he doesn't let anything go. <laughs> I, I promise you, he probably, it would not surprise me if you saw him at the clearance aisle at TJ Maxx buying his suits. <laughs> and I adore Tom Price. I, I really do. Um, and I'm, I make like just the man is not a frivolous spender. He is not in any way, shape or form a frivolous spender. And to attack him for flying private, being the Health and Human Services Secretary, as you have people out there saying that Republicans want to kill people, and he is one of the culprits, and you have a mass assassination attempt of Republican members of Congress for trying to repeal Obamacare. I mean, I think the big story is that more cabinet secretaries aren't flying private. If I was a Trump cabinet secretary, you'd be darn sure I would be flying on a private jet. I wouldn't be going to an airport. Were these left-wing activists, now thankfully they would be unarmed there, probably, but these left-wing activists trying to cause a scene? Y'all, this is a bigger issue. That is a small story compared to the bigger issue. 
And the bigger issue is that the left has moralized violence against the right. So I've been looking at trying to monetize uh, the podcasts for the show and coming up with options and, and looking at things and seeing what's out there. And uh, several people had recommended a company, and I reached out to this company and repeatedly reached out. Never heard back. No big deal. And finally gave up, went somewhere else. And in the last two days, have had five conversations where this company came up. And all five conversations said the same thing, uh, that this company will not work with conservatives. It is a, a company backed by the Scripps service, EW Scripps company, a, a media company, and they will not work with conservatives. Uh, so don't even try. Five different times with very prominent conservatives. If I named the names, you would know three of the five. Uh, and they're not alone. you got the Google situation. So, you know, I have long, if you've been a listener of this program, uh, you know that I have been somewhat skeptical of conservative complaints about Google rigging their algorithm against conservatives. And I've got to get over that skepticism now because of these conversations that I've had in the last two days. The number of people, in fact, I, I talked to a prominent conservative whose company was making six figures a month on YouTube. And it's all gone because Google demonetized it. Well, and I shouldn't say Google demonetized them, but they did. What Google did, according to them, is they made it so difficult to get to their videos that it was all but demonetizing. If Google had actually flipped the demonetization switch, there would be a big media story about it. But Google didn't. It's just you, you got to go through the warnings. You, you, you don't necessarily come up in the algorithms. They make it very difficult. Their revenue just dropped. Then, of course, it was socially conservative content. If the when the left decides that it is moral, it is their moral obligation to stamp out people who disagree with them on homosexuality, on transgenderism, on health care, on your kid playing football, on the divinity of Jesus Christ, on on whether or not tacos are a political statement or actually just really good food. When they have a moral obligation to stamp you out because of that, uh, well, of course, they're going to start doing stuff like this. They're going to try to move conservatives into an online ghetto where no one can find this stuff, which becomes it becomes more and more important for there to be honest conservatives who are willing to say, you know, this is good and this is bad and you should go here and not go here. And these people are crazy and these people are sane and, and uh, go see for yourself and, and get your own information. But here's where you should go and make up your own mind. And word of mouth becomes more and more critical. Um, and I, I'm, I'm now more and more convinced than I ever have been that stuff like this really is happening. Uh, that it is really happening because I am talking to prominent, well-known conservatives who are seeing it happen to their companies, to the to themselves, uh, to their friends. Uh, the left has moralized the censorship of the other. Have you seen the the data out there about millennials now? But that millennials believe the First Amendment doesn't cover hate speech. The First Amendment was designed to cover hate speech, to cover the speech you hate that is political. And yet millennials think, no, this this is just, we are headed to a very bad place in this country unless we can recognize that you are entitled to your opinion, 
even if I disagree with it, uh, that you're not going to get beat up for having it or driven from the town square for having it, that I will go to the town square and compete against your idea. I won't try to drive you out of the town square uh, through violence. But the left can't process that because it's moral for them to drive you out of the town square now. Don't forget to text the word SHOW to 444-999. Get the podcast links. Get the email. There's a story that uh, we got some calls on it. It's an old story, but it has cropped back up uh, for some reason that uh, Barack Obama's mother-in-law, um, because she gave care to the, uh, was an in full-time in-home caregiver at the White House for Shasha and Malia Obama, that she's going to get a $160,000 a year lifetime pension. Uh, we've had people bring the story. It's not true. Um, you should know. Um, there's a headline out there circulating. First Grandma Marion Robinson received lifetime $160,000 a year government pension. It's, it's not true. Um, she was never an employee. One, there have been the AP has filed uh, Freedom of Information Act requests uh, to all the relevant departments. Uh, there are no records. Um, there are flat out denials. And there's also a federal law on the former president's act uh, that their relatives can't get federal pensions. Um, it would actually be illegal to do that. So it's just it's another one of those urban legends circulating again.